Hello everyone out there. This is Peter Harris from Commercial Property Advisors, author of the book, Commercial Real Estate Investing for Dummies, and coach and mentor to many commercial real estate investors all across this great nation of ours. The title and subject of today's podcast is How to Invest in RV Storage Facilities. Why? Well, there's. I'll give you five compelling reasons. They're great, and you're going to find out why. Number one is... It's a niche market. How many of you out there want to invest in apartments but face great competition? There's so much competition out there for apartments. In RV storage facilities, not so much competition. It's a niche market. The second thing is there's a huge demand. There's a huge demand for RV storage facilities. I want you to go to this website here. It's called RVIA, Recreational Vehicle Industry Association. You will discover, if you click on a report, that the third month into the coronavirus, RV sales hit an all-time high for the third month. So check it out. Huge demand there. Second reason why is RV storage facilities have very high profit margins compared to the more typical uh, uh, real estate investment single-family home rentals. Let me explain. When you uh, rent out a single-family home, someone moves out, what do you have to do? You have to maybe shampoo the carpet maybe stretch the carpet, paint some walls, maybe change a, an appliance or two, clean the windows, maybe the drapes, change fixtures, what have you. All of that to get ready for the next tenant. With an RV storage facility unit, what, what is there to do? i tell you what there's to do. You're going to sweep and you're going to spray for bugs. That's it. That's it. So the profit margin compared to the more traditional single-family home investment, there's no comparison. Let's also say that... Uh, you have a single family home and the person moves out and you have to search for a rental. What is your occupancy rate? Zero. You're not collecting any rent. In an RV facility, you're going to have hundreds of units. So you can have 10 of your clients, your customers move out, 20 of them move out and you're still making money. Huge difference. Huge difference. Number three, uh, RV storage facilities are, in my opinion, coronavirus resistant. When the coronavirus happened, what did people do? They stop traveling. What can you do with, with the recreational vehicle? You can pack up your home and you can go travel. You can go on vacation, right? So uh, again, that that leads us all the way back up to the demand for recreational vehicles is so huge. And to store them, cities, uh, major cities now have ordinances that some of them say you can no longer park your RV in your side yard or on the street. Where do they have to go? To the RV stores facility. All right, number four, stable income. What am I comparing the stable income of RV storage facilities to? I'm going to compare it to self-storage. So let's compare RV storage facility income to the self-storage income. Now, you guys have probably seen this self-storage television series. I think it's called Self-Storage Wars or something like that, where they auction off people who have vacated uh, their self-storage units. That's not likely to happen in RV storage facilities because... What's in there are people's toys, right? $100,000 RVs, all of their, uh, their ATVs, their jet skis, on the trailer, all their toys, all their bolts, they're all there. They're not going to abandon those. So the income is a whole lot more stable than a self-storage facility. They'll stay there forever. Now, the fifth one is automation. 
in any commercial estate investment, you're going to have marketing, you're going to have maintenance, you're going to have management, you're going to have all of the above, right? All of the above, all of that. In RV storage facilities, you can completely automate that, much more so than you can in an apartment building. I'm going to show that to you. How? We're going to have a student in a couple minutes share, share with you how he did that successfully. The sixth one is a bonus. I'm not going to reveal everything here, but the financing, the financing part, you know, going to the bank for an RV source facility is great. And you'll see all five come to light by our student uh, taking down his first RV source facility and you'll be convinced that this is the way to go. So let's go now and when I come back, we'll come, we'll come back and we'll summarize. Let's go there next. Hello, Chris. Thank you for joining us today. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for inviting me, Peter. All right. All right. So, Chris, uh, this done um, how to invest in RV storage, and you just purchased your first one. So, uh, right. thank you for uh, sharing with with all of us here uh, how you pulled that off. So, sure. Uh, uh, so you are a previous star YouTube star in another video. <laughs> yeah. uh, on, uh, on how Chris made a million dollars in one year using your your 90 unit apartment building, and uh, so you went from your uh, your 90 unit apartment building into this RV storage, right? Correct. Yeah. That's right. Share with us how'd you do that? Well, having learned from your uh, instructions and encouragements, we were very uh, I don't know frugal with our money at the multifamily. Mm -hmm. We built up a hefty a rainy day fund, you know, with the hurricanes down here and other things going on, you got to have one. And I never thought of it. So I did that. As you had mentioned, I should built that up. We got a very healthy operating checking account too, uh, too healthy actually. And we did a cost segregation study, which saved us a lot of uh, money due to the uh, accelerated depreciation expenses we mm -hmm. took on our taxes. Mm -hmm. So all that put together created uh, a cash uh, treasure chest for us. and. I call it a cash out refi on your property, right? Yeah, we did that. And we used the cash that we had in the property together. And we ended up with a, the ability to start looking again. Mm. So I called you about a year ago uh, with that cash out refi and the extra money we had and said, uh, what do you think we can afford? And let's talk about something other than multifamily. I want to diversify a little bit because you had mm -hmm. mentioned that that's a good thing to do. And with COVID, I think that's been demonstrated that uh, if you can diversify, it really helps get through these crises. So we talked about RV storage and it was like a foreign language to me at that point. And so I started studying your videos and looking through your textbook and everything else you had to offer and got pretty committed to pursuing that uh, type of uh, property because the advantages, you know, of uh, it's much simpler, uh, it's good revenue and it has a strong demand. Chris, what do you mean by simpler? Well, we talked about that, and it was certainly true. The simplest thing I would say right off the bat is the tenants store very valuable toys and items, <laughs> their business property, their uh, recreational vehicles, boats. So the tenants, very simple and in a great way. They're motivated to take care of my property, our property, our RV storage facility, and they are very motivated to pay a, a good value for that. Yeah, and Chris, they're willing to do that because they just probably paid seventy-five to hundred thousand dollars on their RV, mm -hmm. and probably a little less than half that on their boat. 
Yes. So they're they're yeah. a different customer than your apartment customers, aren't they? Yeah, they're totally <laughs> motivated to keeping the place nice and uh, paying a sound good rent for it. Mm-hmm. The other thing too is you know the cost of making ready an apartment when it goes vacant can be pretty uh, substantial. Yeah. Well, with this, we go in, we blow it out, get the cobwebs out if we need to, and uh, it's ready to go. So the other simple thing in that regard is you're looking at, at our place right now, 35% expense rate instead of 50 to 55% multifamily. Wow. Wow. How many use do you have in your RV storage? When we bought it, we had 185. Uh, we created some outdoor spots and there was an empty five uh, stall garage steel building with nothing in it no renters so we put all that on the market so we have 194 units now or rentable space got it and chris do you mind sharing what you paid for your rv and bolt storage 2.345 million okay and uh, it was the down payment came from your apartment building and and uh, savings and things like that and what, what did the financing look like? Because I heard you got really good financing. Yes, it's an SBA uh, guaranteed loan. Mm-hmm. Uh, it does have a floating interest rate, certain parameters. Of course, right now, I'm at great advantage. My, my, my uh, P&I went from, I think it was almost 13000 a month. And then they lowered interest rates with COVID. So mm-hmm. now it's 10000 a month. Wow. Wow. Okay, great. Oh, let's stop there. With, with COVID, I also learned from you that uh, when it happened, they gave you a grant to not pay the mortgage for several months. Is that right? For six months. Six months of paying no mortgage. Yeah. So that's at least $60,000 uh, that we're saving. Some of it we use for rehab and then we'll get to this in a minute, but uh, some of it's going towards front end costs, uh, feasibility study and engineering a site plan for our uh, expansion. That's great. And what did you put down, uh, down payment? I think I had to come up with $399,000. All right. So that was what percent? Like 15%? Yes. So 50% down, SBA loan. And, uh, you know, so let's segue into this into this great story. So when COVID happened, they granted you a, a you didn't have to pay the mortgage for six months. And right. you saved that money. And then now you use that money to expand the facility. So let's yes. talk about the expansions. What does it entail and what are the benefits of it? I know there's huge upside in value and cash flow to it. Well, when you and I talked before I bought this place, we talked about the fact that you know, you've got almost nine and a half acres of which mm-hmm. five acres are being used, maybe a little more than that. You need to put in your pro forma what it would look like if you expanded. And mm-hmm. you told me, but you don't know. Other than the phone calls, you're telling people all the time every day, you don't have any units to rent. But that's not a scientific statistic. Mm-hmm. You said you've got to get a really good feasibility study done. So I took your advice as usual. I think I paid 3200 for it. And it showed you could put 100, 110 units in right now of these various sizes, and you will have them rented before you're done construction. Okay, uh, great, Chris. Share with the audience what is a feasibility study and why would you do it? The feasibility study, which I didn't know about until you told me to get one done, is basically an expert in the field, uh, often involved in commercial property of their own. And uh, this particular fella, uh, he does this full time. He's in uh, New Orleans and he came over and his whole goal was to study the market in your area within like 15 miles and then take 
all of the knowledge he already had about the habit patterns of owners of RVs and boats and trailers and see how far they're willing to go, what they're willing to pay for the spaces that are currently in the market or need to be. Hmm. So first of all, the first part of the study was here you are at your place and this is your portion of that market that he's looking at. And then the second was, this is how much is needed right now, even with COVID. And taking your percentage of that market and taking those needed spaces and giving them to us. And that gave us about 105 units of various sizes. Some pull through, all enclosed. And he gave me two studies. One was some enclosed, some outdoor. And I went with all enclosed because that's my niche and it really works where we are. So that's the feasibility study. What's out there now, what's needed, and what is your proportional take on it should you decide to expand? Okay, great. So let's cut to the chase. So what is it uh, going to cost to add these additional, what is it, 105 uh, spaces? Right. right. And then what's the benefit? What's the additional cash flow and additional value to the property? Okay. I'm working with the engineer now, and we're looking at the 105 spaces spread out in eight buildings. It'll be $1.7 million. That includes all the upfront costs, the studies, the engineering, and everything. Okay. Here's the key question. How much of that is out of your pocket? That's a good question. The (laughs) bank that financed it originally with an SBA guaranteed loan told me at the closing, are you going to expand like you said in your pro forma? I said, absolutely. And they said, okay, you come to us, we'll get you an SBA guaranteed loan and it'll be 100% financed. Okay, stop right there. <laughs> so, yeah. you, so you bought the park and with the expansion potential. And uh, so after you produced a study that the expansion uh, can fit in the market, study the feasibility study, prove that there's a demand there so it can be occupied. So you went back to the bank and the bank says they will pay for the entire construction of your... Right. Of your okay, great. Now, what is the additional cash flow for those additional units and what is the the increase in value because of it? Okay, the additional cash flow is $283,000 a year. So the additional cash flow of the 105 units RV space is $283,000 a year. What type of value does that add to your property? Well, it gives us a net cash increase of $184,000 per year. Okay. So we get my calculator out, 184,000 net. That's NOI. And what's the approximate cap rate that you're using, Chris? 8.5. Okay. So we divide that by an 8.5 cap. So that's an additional value of $2.1 million, right? So the bank is giving you 100% financing to manufacture these additional spaces. Of course, you're going to have a higher mortgage payment, but you're, you're netting $183,000 and the property value has increased by $2.1 million. Right. And we had this discussion last <laughs> week with the uh, lead SBA loan officer at that bank. And uh, we discussed those exact figures. Yeah. And he, um, he said, we're basically investing in our own property. Yeah. Of course, we're going to give you 100%. So I'm surprised that he you know, reinforce that. And they're just waiting for me to get started once the engineering site plan is uh, mature enough where we can develop a comprehensive contracting price for the whole. Great. Then I'll take that to the bank with all that multifamily P&L and cash flow data. Mm-hmm. Also what we're doing right now. And then my personal, and they take all of that and they uh, of course come up with, their, with the loan. One thing I will mention that surprised me, uh, not so good news, but he said, since COVID, the SBA sometime uh, instructs him to not have six months of cash to pay for mortgages for all your commercial properties, but 12 months. Mm -hmm. So we did our calculations and we're fine. Uh, Both properties have sufficient cash for that harder figure. But that was something he told me last week, which kind of 
caught me by surprise, mm -hmm. but because of the sound techniques we're using with your mentoring, we're good. Okay, so let's segue over to like my favorite topic, which is operations. So you are self-managing the property. You don't have a third-party manager. And uh, one of the great things that you did was you automated your self-storage with this really cool software. So share with us how your self-management of your RV and boat storage is coming along. Well, we started December 19th, walked in, had the keys to the house that's on the property. And that was where the previous uh, manager lived and managed the property. So that's our office. It's a two bedroom, two bath house. And we went in there and like you said, it was everything on paper. What a headache to walk into. In addition, you've got to tran translate this all into the... E the uh, software and it took my wife and I two weeks, mm. you know, several hours a day and it was laborious, but certainly worth it. And now we have a very advanced, good software and it uh, just like using the one over at the multifamily, it gives us everything we need to know on a daily basis. Yeah. And we, we filled it. So we have a real intimate knowledge of it. I and mean, we got trained by, by the people that uh, have the software. So that was, that was incredible. Chris, do you mind uh, sharing the name of the software? Easy storage. Uh, you and I talked a lot about those when I was looking at them and I made a lot of phone calls and did my due diligence and chose them and I have not looked back. And they're always available, Peter. You know, just like you as my mentor, you're always available. They're always available, even on weekends. And sometimes we have critical needs. So being available is awesome. When we talked to you and I about the pro forma and how this is going to work or not, even making an offer, we looked, like we said, at the expansion. But we noticed, too, that the rents were uh, very low. The price per square foot was in the 33 cents per square foot on average. And I talked to the owner. They hadn't raised rents in almost six years. So that was a huge challenge for my wife and I as the new managers to do an across the board, 10% uh, rent increase, which still is not at the top of the food chain. It's not where we want it yet. But we lost out of 170 some units, only two people, two tenants left because of wow. that. Because of the great demand for yes. bulk storage. The demand, and we're turning away two to five people a day. Wow. Because you don't have uh, additional units to rent out. Yeah. Wow. And we're, we're creating open air spots all the time. Wow. For people so who want that. You're creating open air spots. You're just taking your land and you're just painting out a line and renting it basically, right? Yeah, we get those little uh, red reflectors on white stakes and we say, this is yours. And they love it. They love it, you know? <laughs> okay. So that was a huge challenge as a new manager was doing the easy storage uh, translation of, of raw data. I have to say the people love it because now they get on their own account and they're paying automatically credit card or ACH. It's wonderful. They can buy insurance there. It was a whole new thing. They all said, we've been waiting for this for, for years. So mm -hmm. it was fantastic. So we did that. We also now implemented, according to your advice, was to look at when you do a turnover, consider raising rents to get to that place where you need to be. So we do that usually 5%. So a lot of units in one building, they're all the same. They don't have the same rents because people, when they leave, we raise the rent and demand. There's people waiting in line. We have a four-page waiting list. So the day you took over, Chris, uh, what was the cash flow? And fast forward today, you know, several months of ownership. What is what is cash flow today? Okay, the net cash when we went in there was about uh, I think I mentioned it before twenty three hundred dollars net cash. That's mm -hmm. what was left. Mm -hmm. uh, what we discovered, like you told me, you don't know what you've got till you own it. <laughs> yeah. We found out that thirty or forty of these big doors, these steel wood doors, needed uh, refurbishing and rehabbing. So we spent a lot of money 
So our net cash went down to zero, maybe a little bit less for a few months. And one of the tenants does everything for me with his, with his uh, helper. So that is great. I just thought I'd mention that aside, I have a great maintenance team now and uh, they work for a very reasonable charge. So we went from about 23 and right now it looks like we're at almost 5,000 a month. Okay, so 23 to five and that includes your daughter as the manager. She started in June. She's fantastic. Yeah. I don't do anything but what I do at multifamily. I look at Easy Storage every morning. <laughs> And I call her and behind me, she has a mailbox and she comes over frequently with her grandkids. She gets her stuff and we talk and she's renting units. She's, she's doing everything. It's great, awesome. Great. And we pay her what the previous manager got. And then as we expand, we'll pay her 50% more because we're yeah. going to go from almost 200 units to three, over 300. That's, that's a win-win. Uh, yeah. Family, uh, family business, growing yeah. business and increasing your wealth and increasing your cash flow. Then that's anything. Yes. Yeah. And uh, I have two great management teams, one at multifamily and one here yeah. at RV Storage. Yeah. I think uh, we, we both know the answer, but what is the, the difference between managing your apartments and managing your, your RV and bulk storage? Well, getting back to that issue of simplicity, working with the tenants is a joy. I had one episode with one fella. I just told him, you're month to month. You can leave anytime you want, and I can have you leave anytime. I've got a line of people, and I'm not trying to chase you away, but our demand is such that I don't have to put up with this kind of treatment. One fella out of 175, and he apologized to me that night on the phone. And he said, you guys are doing a great job. I was just a little bit burned out from work or whatever. I know it's a long story, but my point is one person out of all of these, you know, and now he's great. We're friends. Um, so they have their toys in there, their RVs, their boats, their trailers. You should see some of these uh, toy trailers with uh, ATVs on them and all kinds of stuff. And some of them have, uh, it's their man cave and they come in on weekends and fix stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, we have many, many that have antique cars in them. So they care about their stuff. They keep those units uh, in great condition and they are willing to pay the increasing prices because they know they're in demand. So everybody wins. So that's a wonderful, simple change. The tenant challenges aren't there. There's no plumbing. And that's my challenge at multifamily constantly is repairing plumbing. And it's it's great. You know, it, it just, all you think about is occasionally making ready one of the units at zero cost, unless there's damage. And that's very yeah. rare. You, know, you, um, you bring up a good point uh, a few minutes ago about getting your apartment units ready. You have right. to, you know, bring in a couple of people and mm -hmm. you have to paint, stretch carpet. Uh, change yes. fixtures, uh, disinfect, maybe yes. change out appliances, uh, do plumbing, right. you know, all those type of things. And what is there to do in your RV and boat storage space? Nothing, right? Just sweep. <laughs> you sweep it, you spray it for bugs and change a light bulb or two. I'm, I want to admit, uh, say one thing too, when we took over the place, we had a lot of work orders, okay? Mm -hmm. Because it had been undermanaged. And one of the things the broker told me to do, and I shared it with you and you said, absolutely. He said, get rid of these mercury vapor lamps. Oh yeah. There were 26. So we put in for like 35 to 55 bucks a piece, the new barn lamps, they're LEDs, about 40 watts and 50 watts, yep. 26 of them. And our utility bill went from almost a thousand a month to about 500, sometimes a little less, sometimes a little more. So that was a cash flow of 6,000 a year. Yeah. Yep. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. So that was another thing we did and we did it quickly. 
Chris, I just want to just say uh, thank you. This is a great, uh, great deal you have here. I was wondering that some parting words for maybe someone thinking about getting into, you know, RV storage and, and bowl storage. Do you have any parting words of encouragement for them? I would say. Or just, or just commercial in, in general. You know? Yeah, definitely put your money in commercial property. Uh, I think I said on the first video a couple of years ago was that um, I had a bunch of money in my 401k from my company, right? I started looking at your stuff and thinking, oh my gosh, I could make more money and have a better retirement, which has all blossomed. It's been absolutely true. What you say about the advantage of commercial property over and above every other type of investment in our country is true. And it's the most protected tax entity by the federal government. You have the most favorable tax laws for investments. So I would say definitely commercial property. I am looking for another uh, RV storage uh, in Florida because this one has been such a wonderful experience and so much simpler. And so, you know, that's my testimony. I'm already looking at another one elsewhere. Mm -hmm. So we'll be talking a lot more, Peter. (laughs) So yeah, commercial property all the way. Get a great mentor like Peter. He's the best. You're the best and do what Peter says and you're going to be successful. You're going to have lots of fun and you're going to increase your wealth in a great way. And you're going to be employing a ton of people who work at your facilities. And it's just the tentacles go out in great ways all over the community Mm -hmm. because of the business interchange and the business connections. Thanks for sharing that, Chris. Sure. My pleasure. All right, Chris. So thank you so much. And uh, I'll let you get back to your, to your Saturday and your grandkids and, uh, Uh, Happy retirement to you. Thank you. It's been great. Okay. Talk to you soon. All right. Welcome back. Let me just do a quick five-point summary for you, okay? So you can get the big items out of this. Number one, Chris Adair was a 185-unit RV storage facility. paid 2.3 for it. And where did the down payment came from? It came from his first deal that he purchased with us. He did a cash RV5, pulled the money out, and bought this property. So my message to you is on your first deal, do well. So you can pull money out and keep everything going. Number two, the going in cash flow was $2,300 a month. Today it is $5,000 a month, but with his daughter employed as a manager now. So it is now a family run business. Chris's dream right there. Number three, financing. To me, this is the best part. In the middle of coronavirus, he was able to get 85% financing, meaning he only put down 15%. It was an SBA loan and it was a non-recourse loan. Get used to that word in commercial. Non-recourse means that there's no personal guarantee. So if everything were to go wrong for Chris and he had to give it back to the bank, foreclose, they couldn't come after him personally. That's what non-recourse means. That's what you want. Uh, Number four, coronavirus. How did it benefit Chris? It benefited him greatly. He was granted a six-month stay, a six-month grant from paying the mortgage. He didn't have to pay it back for six months. He doesn't have to pay it back ever. And what did he do with the money? He ordered a feasibility report to see if the park could be expanded. And the report came back positive that you can, in fact, add 105 units to the park. And guess what? Because the SBA wanted to create more jobs, they liked Chris, they liked the area, they decided they're going to do 100% financing. So no money out of Chris's pocket for that 105-unit expansion that's going to add a property value of $2.1 million of forced equity to Chris's deal once this is all done in about a year. All right, so great deal, wouldn't you agree? All right, I hope you learned a lot. I hope you can see that a few minutes ago I shared with you the other five points that you can see that we're, we're right on it here. 